Hello and welcome back to the Canon Cast, a Columbus Blue Jackets podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, PD. I'm the manager over at the Canon at jacketscanon.com. So, still not really any news for the Jackets. I am really jonesing for hockey. It has been such a long off season. Uh, I don't know about you. I just feel like, you know, this is the first like normal schedule for the off season that we've had in four years. And so, you know, the draft being in late June free agency, July 1st. So we've got such a long time for the start of the season, but the good news is we are within a month of training camp starting uh, just a few weeks away from the Traverse city prospects tournament. So, the light at the end of the tunnel is in view here. That's the good news. So uh, to that end, today I'm going to be talking about uh, prospects and specifically the top 25 under 25 ranking that we've been doing over at the Canon. Uh, but before we get to that, I do want to let you know about a special offer this week only from our friends at Fan First Sports Network. Uh, they're doing a really, really cool giveaway uh, for any of you who are NFL fans, I know that probably plenty of our listeners are. Uh, whatever your NFL loyalties are, whether you're here in Columbus, in Ohio, whether you're anywhere else in the U.S., we are giving away four tickets to any week one NFL game of your choosing. One lucky fan, one listener of any of the podcasts on our network is going to win four tickets to a week one NFL game. Uh, the Bengals are playing the Browns in Cleveland. So if you're a fan of either of those teams, that's going to be a big one. Uh, I'm sure there's probably some Steeler fans that listen to this. Um, gross, but I get it. Uh, anyway, Steelers are at home in Pittsburgh against the 49ers. So if you're interested in any of those games, any other games that are happening week one, all you have to do is go to contest.com fansfirstsports.com, enter email, and that's it. Really can't be easier. You have to be a U.S. resident. You have to be 18 years of age. You can't work for us. But other than that, you're eligible. Just got to enter your email. Again, that is contest.fansfirstsports.com. I will also put that link in the description. You can click on that there. Uh, the deadline is you need to sign up. Uh, before September 4th at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern on September 4th. That is Labor Day. That is when they'll be having the drawing. So get your submission in there before then. Best of luck. I would love if one of my listeners won that. It's a really cool offer from Fans for Sports Network to grow their base, to reward their loyal listeners. Uh, again, we appreciate everyone that's been listening to us. We've really enjoyed our partnership with them. So we're happy to, uh, to be part of this there. So uh, if you want to go to a week one NFL game, be sure to sign up there at that link below. So as I said, at the Canon, we are doing our top 25 under 25 countdown. This is something that uh, our listeners and our readers voted on. The writers voted on. We combined all those results into this ranking um, so we are about two thirds of the way through it here, uh, on Tuesday, when you listen to this, uh, number 11 should be posted. So 
it's been interesting to see how the voting shook out. And I feel like, uh, you know, the real star prospects are all in the top 10. These are ones that have, you know, we're either first round picks or they've got top line potential. But 11 through 25, you get guys that have very much high risk, high reward. You know, you got like late round picks that have like one really intriguing skill set, but maybe like they're too small or they're too slow. And that's why they fell late in the draft. Or you've got maybe former first or second round picks who just haven't reached their draft year potential, but are at least, you know, NHL caliber players, but maybe in a depth role player kind of, kind of position. So, um, that's been kind of, there's sort of those two camps here for, uh, 11 through 25 in the ranking. So I wanted to go through by position here and look at maybe which of these players has the highest floor as in who has the best chance of just being an NHLer versus who has the highest ceiling, like which of these players, even if they're a late round pick has potential to be a star player or a key contributor for the jackets, uh, whether, you know, this year or long-term. Um, I know that some people, when they're voting on this, they emphasize those who have already been in the NHL, a guy like Emil Bannerstrom, for example, like, okay, he's been around, we know this guy, so he's going to be on there over someone who we don't know if he's going to even make it to the NHL. I, on the other hand, my philosophy personally is I tend to emphasize ceiling. You know, what is the you know highest possible role for this player, you know, within reason. Um, so a guy that has like at least one elite skill set. I'm probably going to rank over a guy who is not great at any one thing, but is good at a few different things. So I, I like that emphasis, the star power, because I think ultimately while you, you know, a team that wins does need these, you know, key role players to contribute in the bottom six, the more players you have that have elite star talent, that is going to, it's going to be better off uh, for you here. So uh, we will start on the back end with the goalies. So uh, among these 15 players, there were two goalies included. Uh, number 11, Daniil Tarasov. And just making the cut, number 25, Jet Greaves. So among these two, I think that Tarasov is going to be the answer for both floor and ceiling. Over the last two years, we've seen that he is an NHL caliber goalie. He seems he can handle his own. The big question for me with him, obviously, is can he stay healthy? That has been the issue for him. I think that is the thing that can hold him back. If he can stay healthy, I think he can definitely push Elvis Merzlikens for the primary goalie position. Because, again, Elvis does not have a firm grip on that. We need to see a lot more from Elvis. Uh, but Tarasov, I believe, does have the talent. But, you know, he was injured coming into his draft year uh, or into that NHL draft. And I believe that's one reason why he fell to where he did. Some teams, I think, had that concern about he had to get a knee injury at that point. Um, and he's never had like one particular nagging thing, but there's just been a lot of different things that he has injured over his career. 
Um, but I do think that's something that he could maybe get past. I think it's just a bad luck thing. And if he can get past it, I think he could be a good goalie. And he's still very young for a goalie. Um, Jet Greaves, on the other hand, he's been just a you know solid contributor in Cleveland, nothing special. He did finally get to make his NHL debut this year. Um, you know, again, beyond just being the backup sitting on the bench, but he did get to start against Toronto. And he's an Ontario kid. He got to play in front of his friends and family. And he played really well. The Jackets lost the game, but it wasn't his fault. Uh, he made a lot of great saves against, you know, some really great players like Austin Matthews. So um, that was a great, great moment for Jet Greaves. But I don't think that he, I don't see like regular NHL starter in his future. I think that's a little bit more of a stretch. On defense, then we have. Number 14, Stanislav Svozel. Number 16, Corson Kulemans. Uh, number 21, Samuel Knasko. Number 23, Tim Burney. And number 24, Jake Christensen. So lots of defensemen here in, in this range. Uh, all of these guys are going to be in Cleveland for the most part, I would guess. Uh, with the exception, though, of Tim Burney, there was a a news story in a Swiss publication that had a quote from his agent indicating that Bernie was not going to be re-signing with Columbus. He is a restricted free agent. Um, and the agent said that he, you know, did still plan on playing in North America. He's not giving up on his NHL dream. He's not wanting to go back to Switzerland right away. Uh, but he feels like the opportunity is not there in Columbus. And, as a Jackets fan, I hate this because I liked a lot of what I saw from Tim Burney last year. He showed that he was an NHL caliber defenseman. He was the one defenseman that actually made good Branson passable. Um, so that's, that's not nothing. That's actually pretty impressive. But I also understand that he is looking at who all is on the roster when healthy and what new players are coming in and sees that it's just a very crowded pipeline for defensemen, and he's not sure where he fits in within that. And other players that were drafted higher, like uh, Denton Matejuk, for example, uh, are likely to be ahead of him when they come in. So I understand that. It's a shame, but I get it. So hopefully there's able to be a resolution for that, and the Jackets can get you know, some sort of decent asset probably just another late round pick for Bernie. So uh, it's too bad that he's not on here because I think otherwise I would pick him as being the highest floor of this group, just based on what they've seen uh, with him gone. I would guess it would have to default to Jake Christensen, who again seems to be at least NHL caliber, probably no more than a third pair guy. When he was with good Branson, he was pretty bad. When he came up later and was not with Good Branson, he was a lot better. So, you know, he's he's fine. He's just he's a he's a depth guy. You know, and you need guys like that, but you know, nothing special there. The one that I'm gonna put for highest ceiling is actually Stanislav Fosel. Now, why this is a little odd is that he and Corson Kuhlmans were drafted in the same draft, and Kuhlmans was a late first round pick, and Sposel fell all the way to the third round. But Sposal did have a first-round grade, like a late first-round grade on a lot of the rankings that I saw. Um, and I feel like he has had a better post-draft career 
over the last two years. Now, part of that is that Corson Kuhlman's was playing for the University of Wisconsin, and they were really bad. Whereas Svozel was playing for the Regina Pats, and he got to play with Connor Bedard, which is going to make anyone look good. But I also really liked what I saw from Svozel when late in the season, he got to play a couple NHL games. And he actually played in Columbus before he played in Cleveland, coming right from the WHL to the NHL. And I was at his debut against Pittsburgh, and he looked really, really comfortable, way more comfortable than you would expect from you know, a 20 year old making his NHL debut. You know, the thing I look for to see like a young player gets it and they're maybe ahead of pace is knowing where to be positioned on the ice, just being in the right spot, anticipating where the play is going to go and getting there ahead of when the puck is there. He did a lot, a lot of those really subtle things. Um, he also made a really nice pass on the power play to set up Emil Bemstrom's power play goal that tied the game. Uh, Sposal got the second assist on that play. So uh, I like him a lot. Now I think he is going to start in Cleveland. Um, it's just, again, really crowded with guys on NHL contracts. Sposal's on an ELC. He's waiver exempt. So I think he's going to spend the year in Cleveland, but um, that'll be good for his continued development. But uh, I like his game a lot. I think it's going to come down to him and Matejchuk in a couple years in terms of who is the number two left side defenseman behind Wierenski. And maybe one of those guys can actually push Wierenski as Wierenski, you know, gets past 30. So uh, that is something to, uh, to keep an eye on, but I like Sposal a lot there uh, among these young defensemen that are not the, you know, first round defensemen like we're going to see in the uh, top 10 of the ranking. We will take a quick break here. And when I come back, I will go over the forwards. We are back next up the wingers that are on this list. Number 15, Emil Bemstrom. Number 17, Gavin Brindley. Now, Brindley was listed as a center when he was drafted, but he played mostly wing as a freshman at the University of Michigan. Given his small stature, I think it's most likely that he will be a winger at the NHL level. Uh, number 18, James Malatesta. Number 19, Liam Foody. Number 20, Trey Fitzwilanski. So those are the wingers here in the 11 to 25 range of our top 25 under 25 countdown. So for the highest floor, again, again, I probably have to go with the guys that have the most experience. So it would be Bemstrom or Foodie. Foodie had a great year last year. I mean, not great relative to being a first round pick, but great relative to the rest of his career so far. He at least showed that he could be an NHL player and he does bring something to the bottom six. He has the size. He's gotten better physicality. He's still a lightning fast skater. And for as much as he had struggled to score in the first few years of his pro career, you know, once he finally got his first regular season goal last year, then he was scoring at a pretty good clip. He got that confidence in him. So I would see him as being a basically an Eric Robinson replacement. And that's a really useful player to have on your fourth line or your checking line or whatever. Bemstrom, man, it's hard to know what he is at this point. He is has sometimes shown that he can be a good defensive forward. We know he's got a good shot, but he's never been able to 
release it consistently in the NHL like he did in Europe, whether you know in the Swedish league or the Finnish league or an international play. He just doesn't have the space in the NHL to release that big shot. So it's just not as useful here. But so one of those guys is probably the high floor player for the high ceiling. Honestly, any of the other three have a case to be made. Gavin Brindley is a second round pick. Um, Some rankings had him as being a late first round guy. He is seen as a 200 foot forward Um, has definitely bring some offensive skill to the player. He is a guy that is a aggressive player despite being a small guy. So I think this is like, seems totally like a Columbus player. I think we're really going to love this kid. He's good friends with Adam Fantilli, which also helps. Um, James Maltesta is another guy who is undersized, but has a lot of fight to him. He had a big year last year. He won the MVP of the Memorial Cup where uh, his Halifax team, you know, won the Canadian junior championship. And Trey Fitzwilanski has been a really, really strong player in Cleveland the last couple of years. He was the leading scorer for the Monsters last year. And it continues a trend. When I was writing about him for uh, his article in this series and looking at the three years that he spent in the WHL in Edmonton and then three years in the AHL in Cleveland, and in every case, each year, he scores more points And you also see his penalty minutes go down. He's a guy. Now, he is the smallest of all these small guys. He's very tiny. And that's a limiting factor for him. But um, he's not afraid. He's a fearless player. And he does have this scoring touch and can score, I think, from a bottom six role if put into that role consistently in the NHL. Um, But there's just so much competition for the bottom six. It's hard to know where he fits in there. But... um, you have to like the trend that he has shown throughout his career. Um, so there are a lot of really intriguing winger options here. Again, none of these guys are going to be your top six type wingers, but these are guys that can score from the bottom six. And again, that will help the team be a contender when they've got scoring depth. And finally, the centers, number 12, Luca Del Belbeluz, number 13, Dmitry Voronkov. And number 22, Hunter McCown. For the floor here, I'm going to go with Voronkov just because he has the most professional experience. He's been playing in the KHL. He has been a solid player there. Um, The most interesting thing is in 2021 and 2023 in the playoffs, uh, his scoring really uh, went up. So that's a sign that this is a guy that can score, but I think he is seen as a bottom six center type in the NHL. And I think he's going to be able to have a more immediate impact. I think he will, we'll see him in Columbus by December. And I think he'll be able to have an impact because he has that pro experience. I mean, just like Marchenko came in and needed a few months in Cleveland, but once he got to Columbus, he wasn't going back. And all of that time in the KHL gave him that experience playing against men that he needed. So I think Vronkov's got the low floor there. Del Belbelouz, I think, has the ceiling. Um, there's a lot of prospect writers who really like his game. I think that he can light a fire under Cole Sillinger. And assuming that Adam Fantilli can take the number one center position, 
I like the idea of Cylinder and Del Bell Blues duking it out for the second line center position. Um, and then maybe the, you know, whoever doesn't get that can be the third line center. And if, if Fantilli, Cylinder, Del Bell Blues is your center depth, and then like Voronkov maybe is the fourth line guy once Corrali moves on, like that's a center depth that you can really feel good about. But I do have to give props to Hunter McCown. He was a free agent that we signed out of college when his season there ended. He played about a dozen games for Columbus at the end of the season. And I liked what I saw. I was at his debut. And again, like Sposal, this is a guy that did not look overwhelmed by the moment. He looked like he belonged. But then I was at the penultimate game. And so this was, you know, almost a month later. And I could see, oh, wow, his game has grown a lot. This is a guy that put in the work, learned a lot, was getting better just in a period of a few weeks. Now, again, there's not room for him in Columbus. I think he's going to spend most of the year in Cleveland. But I love the idea of him working with Mark Letestu because if Hunter McCown can become another Mark Letestu type player, and he's bigger than Letestu as well, that would be amazing for this team to have. So, all three of these centers, I think, have huge potential in Columbus. So even if one of these has to move over to wing, uh, it's a nice thing to have. And it's nice to know that if one of the top centers goes down with injury, which happens, and given our franchise history, it's going to happen. Uh, nice to have one of these guys available then that can maybe slide into one of these roles or everyone can move up a spot and the team will not be hurt as much. That's a, that's a great resource to have, I think. So that is my view on these players that were ranked 11 to 25 by our readers and our listeners and our writers. Uh, as I said, number 11 is going up on Tuesday. And then starting on Wednesday, we're, we're getting into the top 10. So this countdown is getting down to the final names, the final weeks. I think you can probably guess which players are in the top 10 at this point based on who I listed and who I didn't. Uh, the order, though, I don't know, there might be some surprises in here. So uh, hopefully you enjoy seeing how this shakes out. Uh, and as this goes on too, we'll talk about the top 10. And there's going to be a lot more to talk about with these players, obviously. And um, these ones are going to have big impact this season for the Jackets, uh, which I'm really excited about. So that will do it for us this week. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your support as always. Again, check out jacketscanon.com for all of our written content. Go to contest.fansforsports.com to sign up for the NFL ticket raffle. And you can also check out fansforsports.com to find all of the podcasts that they have across the sports. They've got about you know 21 NFL podcasts. They've got college football. They've got baseball. They've got soccer. They've got some uh, written content on there as well for some of those teams. So, uh, there's a lot of great work going around all across that podcast network. So that's really cool. So again, thank you for support. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time. For more content from the Canon, check out jacketscanon.com or follow us on Twitter at CBJ Canon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Angela's new album, Turn Me Loose, is out now. Go to angelapurley.com for more music and show dates.